Happy 2018, y'all. Happy New Year. It's awesome, isn't it? Um, coolest thing, we got a lot of great shows in 2018. If you haven't listened to our, I'm sorry, 2017, <laughs> in our best of 2017, I actually said 2007. So I don't even know what year is up after the year we've had. So if you haven't listened to our best of 2017, uh, please do. We talk about all the shows that uh, popped for us, popped for a lot of people. Uh, It wasn't just top 10. I think, I don't know, we had like 30 or 40 on that list. And this is one of the shows that we did talk about uh, a little bit, but not as in-depth as we're about to. Uh, This is Smilf by Frankie Shaw, who's, who's just killing it. Just killing the shit out of it. Um, I didn't know what I expected from Frankie Shaw. I knew it was going to be delightful because ever since we've seen her as Shayla and Mr. Robot, we still talk about that character. She's just remarkable. Um, I've seen her in, uh, what was it, Good Girls Revolt. And um, I didn't see her on Mixology. But I'd never seen her before. She's very, she's just her own person, right? Yeah, I never saw her on anything but um, as Shayla on Robot. So I knew that she, and I read after she left the show that she was, you know, putting something together, and um, and I followed her here and there on social media, and she kind of wasn't really present, but she was out, I guess, putting together a short um, called Smilf. For Sundance, and that's where she got a bunch of attention uh, for her style, her quirkiness. This concept, this show, is based loosely on her life, based on her life, growing up in um, Brooklyn, Massachusetts, uh, coming from a poor background. And where'd she come from? From Brooklyn, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that's where she went to school, and so she's going to this fancy ass school. Um, and being around the upper crusties by, but also, you know, she's a Southie, you know, so she grew up in Boston. So this is kind of like the two worlds that Bridget's struggling with, but also dealing with just a whole bunch of other shit, not just being a single mom who's broke and an actor and a very talented basketball player that, you know, had got pregnant and, and got her WNBA dreams sidelined. All of that's interesting enough, but it's just the way that Frankie approaches it. And again, because the material is so personal and because it is so raw, um, I mean, I don't like to throw the word brave around because it just, it tends to, it's been so overused. But this this shit that she's doing is brave. Um, and every episode has been, in and the it, hands of someone else, it could have been cringy. Yeah. It doesn't seem... Uh... And it doesn't seem pretentious. No. We were talking about another show that we won't... Can we shit on that show? Should we shit on that show for this one? Probably shouldn't. I don't know. I'm not ever going to have lunch with these people, I guess. But my problem with girls uh, was always that these trustafarians got together to put the show together. And I watched every I watched every season of Girls. And I'm glad that Lena Dunham is comfortable with her body and... You know, she put her wackiness out there, but I mean, a lot of times I just 
I would just be rolling my eyes. I'd roll my eyes so hard watching girls, I would get a migraine because, well, there's nothing relatable in there for me. And it's not just about the age thing. I, someone, a woman does not have to be my same age for me to relate to her, but I just saw, I, unless you're from that group of people, I don't see myself in that. With a character like Bridget, I can see myself in her, and I can relate to her. And I don't have to do that with every television show. Like, when I watch Mary Kills People, I don't have to relate to her like often people to enjoy it. But what I'm saying is, one of those shows is really obnoxious, and the other one is going to win all kinds of Golden Globes and Emmys and shit. And I'm not talking about girls. <laughs> what were you going to say? No, no, no. I just, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. I know? just... I, I didn't watch... I really didn't watch Girls either. Oh, I don't no, think you no. would have been able... Um, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I... So I don't, you know, I don't want to speak too much of it, but the little times I did pop in and out of the room, it was just like I was rolling my eyes and my neck going, Jesus Christ. There's so many wonderful things about girls, though. I mean, I had to, there was just, there was episodes where I was like, this is really fucking groundbreaking and amazing. And then there's like, oh, Lena Dunham, shut up. You know, and then just the crap that she was saying out in the world. I wish she, wish she had had an abortion. Just all the dumb shit like that. I'm just like, oh my god. And then we got too much of her. We got oversaturated by Lena Dunham, just as we did with Amy Schumer. And it's like, don't stay too long at the party. Take some breaks. That makes sense. Yeah, go away. I mean, I think that's what's going on with a lot of my favorites right now. Like Rami's off shooting his film in London, and we're, we're not just getting ramified. He was at everything. Like what? 2015, he was the darling of 2015, 16, you know, a little bit. Take a break, y'all. Come back fresh. So, we, we, you know, so we're happy to see you. Uh, I don't know why I got from the girls' tangent, because this has nothing to do with girls. I think I'm just thinking about women's stories and how they're being told on television. And everybody's just, you know, losing their minds over big little lies. And as I've said in our Best of show... I don't get it. I don't think it's a terrible show at all. It's highly entertaining. Got to see Skarsgård's uh, either real or fake junk. Um, but, you know, he is a rapist, so that was kind of hard to uh, take on. And all those ladies are lovely. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't get it. And everybody's just swooning over it. Um, and they're telling women's stories as well, you know. But they're telling women's stories of people who live like, you know, in this bougie neighborhood. Up in Santa Barbara, right? Up in Santa like – it's, it's like a Monterey Bay kind of area, yeah. that, you know, that whole thing. I don't – I'm sorry. I don't – that's awesome. You know, good for y'all. And it's – you know, you again, I don't have to be in the thing myself. I don't have to have experienced it. But we have a lot of this um, because I guess it's more interesting for people to watch bougie people struggle. I don't know. But I like that Smilf is just about the nitty-gritty. I mean, obviously – you know, she's Bridget has got an eating disorder. I mean, the titles of the episodes, all eight episodes, can tell you that. Um, probably things that she's consumed and then vomited. Now, the pilot is called a box of donkeys and two squirts of maple syrup. And then every, every like, I can just see her. We saw her binge in that opening uh, in the pilot. And when we're introduced to this character. I knew we were watching something really cool and special because this is who Frankie – only Frankie could bring this because this is Frankie. This is a version of Frankie at least. And she's just fucking putting it all out there, you know, the sex addiction or the, you know, the impulse control that she – that Bridget struggles with. She's trying to raise her son. 
Um, Larry Bird. She's trying to have, you know, sex with someone. She hasn't had sex in a long-ass time, and she hooks up with some random college boyfriend and, you know, hiding the baby on the bed. And and I don't think she's doing this for shock value, but if you've ever been really-ass poor, like some of us, you know, it's there's no honor in it, I guess, but we do shit like this. You you know, you leave your kids behind so you can run to the street and get something. You know, you you know. It's bad parenting, I guess, but it's so fucking majority of the United States, I think, rather than say Trustafarians running amok in the street pondering their fucking futures and a bunch of housewives who are just dealing with things. Yeah, definitely more um, identifiable with. Yeah, and I love what Frankie Shaw does with the relationships. She doesn't do the, the usual tropes of like, the girls have to hate each other because, you know, Nelson's with her ex, Rafi. Those girls don't have to automatically be enemies. And they, in fact, have to work together. You know, Bridget needs her support system. And Rafi's in a sober living facility and, and can't always be available. There's always kinds of, you know, these things that they're struggling with. She's trying to audition and, you know, find jobs and, and is strapped for cash. And Nelson, you know, is a... A television reporter who also has to deal with her own shit being talked down to by athletes who thinks she's too pretty to ask a smart sports question, which is pulled right from the headlines. Yeah. And um, it's very topical. Yeah, very topical. And also, Frankie, Frankie being an athlete and in, in, in real life and, and really good at basketball in real life and wanted to play on a basketball team, she's, she has something to say about that, you know, being attractive and then being into sports and those two things are not mutually exclusive. And so there's a lot of taking on like the whole, um, the patriarchy in the show and, and they do it in a, I guess, you know, I don't think it's preachy. I don't feel like I'm being preached to. No, it's like that episode where the guy grabs her. Oh my God. And he, she just knocks him. Yeah. The fuck silly. It's like, that's, you know, sometimes that's what you want to do is just hit someone in the face like that. Especially since you've been, she was sexually abused by her father when she was like six or seven. Yeah, uh, that finale is all about that. That finale is 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 going right to there, and uh, because she matches with her father that she thinks is her father on Tinder and is going to confront him, and it's all the women are gathered around her. Her best friend, uh, played by Raven Goodwin, I love her so much. Yeah, I, I think it was casted very well. Everybody in this cast is amazing. We love Rosie O'Donnell as Tutu. Could not. I mean, I did not even know that was Rosie. Yeah, and then and and it just doesn't even feel like Rosie. No. Not that not, not that I have a problem with Rosie at all. I like Rosie. I, I never had no problem with her except that one time. I will not go into that. But I love her in this, and I think she's found her space when she when she cracks out and loses it and, and becomes manic and goes on the shopping spree and yeah. Um, she has her moments, but I was on the way to the point of like, Does they, she, like she meets up with her old, uh, dentist yeah, boyfriend or something like that. Get it on in the dentist chair uh, and the show. I don't feel like it's gimmicky. I don't feel like it's pulling any cheap shots. The relationships are more in line with real life. They're more believable to me. Um, I don't feel the soap opera thing. It's also very fucking dark because when she does hit that guy, you know, we she's dealing with some heavy shit. Her sexual abuse 
by her father, her favorite parent, at a young age, you know, she's going to she's gonna deal with that for the rest of her life. But we, when we meet Bridget, she's really in the thick of it, um, dealing with it. And then she's left with the bipolar parent who just goes to bed for a year. And who, that seems to be Tutu's M.O. is that she checks out. But ultimately she comes around and there's that tender moment with them and they're all in the bar. And, yeah. And, and that's what I love about Smelf. It's messy. Um, it's dark. It's inappropriate. Um, and then it's not afraid to take some uh, big swings. Like that finale was just a big go fuck yourself, Woody Allen. Yeah. Um. And even even the uh, the the family that she tutors for, she, oh yeah, she, she I mean she just goes after that whole. She tells that kid, you know, you're just some dumb rich kid. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Because she's like, you know, this sexual thing is bringing up you know, this abuse. A lot of sexual abuse survivors, you know, this is one of your your things you go to is you. Have sex with the wrong people randomly. You have your own addictions and your own demons to deal with. But yeah, yeah, and that yeah, just that scene, like the writing. It's like he's like, "Are you okay?" And she's she's like, "Of course no. I'm not okay. That's why you're here." That's right. That's right. So it's like really honest in 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 a in a way that is is not um, full of itself. Like I said, pretentious. It's not pretentious. And you know? I feel like season two, you know, eight eight episodes got us introduced to characters, put us in this world, got us familiar with Frankie's own unique style. Uh, and the fact that, I mean, she's learning how to show run as she does it. She's getting tips from Sam Esmail and Jill Soloway and, and the like and people like that, and Paul Feig. Um, and she's getting some good advice. What I think I love about this show, there's so many things, but I think the reason why this works is because Frankie is writing, directing, and producing, and exec producing. Her voice is all over it. It's not being tampered down. It's not being filtered through network notes. It's not being overseen by a bunch of dudes. Um, Frankie directed, I think, three episodes, and what were the other ones were directed by, let me get to the credits over here, um... Uh, Leslie Headland did three episodes, Frankie did three, and Amy York Rubin did two. So again, women's stories, women's voices, um, and and the men are allowed to to not be, you know, the men are not vilified just because they're men. Um, you know, there's Joe, good old Joe. Um, I love this actor, Blake Clark, Tutu's boyfriend, Tutu's boyfriend with the bag. He's never been bad in anything I've ever seen him in. I fucking love him. Um, I even love Connie Britton in this. Is the yeah. bougie lady. Yeah. Um, I love Samara Weaving as Nelson. You just you're not you're thinking when I first met Nelson, I was like, oh no, are we going to set her up to just be? Are we going to hate her? You know, and we we love her even though she inoculates um, Larry without uh, anyone's kind of knowledge or consent right but she doesn't i mean she doesn't she's not like she's not evil she's not evil no she's not at all she's, she's not like a regular she's person. like a mean character you know this is going to be our, yeah. our mean bad like i said you know they didn't set them yeah. up to like let's do a cat fight thing because honestly when you have when you're a single parent and you're out in the world like that you know you don't you really don't have room to be pulling on soap opera shit with people you know and i love her messy uh 
I love uh, Bridget's messy kind of relationship with all of her friends, but I particularly love her relationship with, um, oh, what's the character's name? I don't see it right in front of me. She should be really at the top of this IMDb list, motherfuckers. Why is she not here? There she is, Raven Goodwin. She plays Eliza. I love her. Um, I love the fact that she's, she's got her sex work. Just a little bit we get to see of her, like her online, um, oh, she's yeah, paid like, to eat. Like webcam thing. Oh, God, I love her so, yeah, she's so, good. so much. And then that episode where they, she meets her dad and they all get high. No, they have mushrooms. Yes. That was. <laughs> Just the best. Yeah. And I realized, I kept looking in Raven's face going, who the hell is Raven? Again, you know, I have IMDb, but sometimes I just like to make my brain work before I go right to the internet. And I was like, who does this kid remind me of? Who does this kid remind me of? She's the little girl in the station agent. Do you remember the little girl in the station agent who would come around the train yard and hang around with Peter Dinklage's character? Yeah. That's her. Oh, wow. Same person. Yes. That's her, and I loved you in that. She's been in a lot of stuff, uh, but I particularly loved her in The Station Agent. That was in 2003, and look at her now. So think about connecting the dots. Yeah. You've got her and The Station Agent with Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Bobby Cannavale he was in, in The that Station too. Agent. Bobby Cannavale was in Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, Frankie Frank Shaw was in Mr. Robot. Robot. But they sort of passed. Yeah. By, what, uh, two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know what would be trippy? And, you know, uh, she's really busy, but you know what we all want for season four of Mr. Robot is we want a Shayla flashback. Yeah. Well, now, that, now that we have, thing. we have, um, what's his name coming back? Um Oh, it's that guy who killed Shayla. Yeah, Vera. Vera. So maybe, maybe there will be. I a... mean, it would have to be a flashback. Right? Yeah. I mean, we just would. They did this VR thing for uh, Comic Con where you saw a day, a date between Shayla and Elliot, where he's kind of an asshole and he's remembering her and he's having this kind of thing. And it's kind of heartbreaking because we're all like, "Oh fuck you, Sam Ismail, you made us remember, you know." Miss her all over again. It would be cool if the show would just do one of those kind of other things. Just to see Frankie who, you know, can come back to that set and be with those guys. I just, I don't know. She's homies with Sam, you know? Yeah, wasn't she doing a lot of, um, you know, behind the camera work with Sam too on when she was there? I mean, yeah. Not she as far as doing it, but. They kind of all get to do that. You know? I mean, I think that's what's cool about Sam is, you know, they're, they're all of those guys who are interested in filmmaking. And I think Rami's even talked about, you know, I see Rami directing. Um, has Christian directed? I feel like he would be good at it. He's like a maestro. So at this point, I don't know. Some people don't have the eye for it, but she certainly has the fucking eye for it. And every episode has something to offer um, emotionally. And again, I don't feel like they're cheap shots. I feel like everything, we were just sort of sitting there at the end of every episode going, wow, wow. And I haven't seen these characters before, and I can't tell what's going to go on. They're 30-minute episodes, aren't they? I want to say they're longer than that. Because it just, it seems like the time goes by so fast when we're watching it. Yes, they do. I mean, like, was that 15 minutes? Because it's just so, it's really, 
It's just enjoyable. Yeah. It really is. Why do you ask a question that you ain't going to – why don't you look it up before you ask the question? Well, because it just came up right I've now. I've got to know how long the running time of every episode well, is now. Well, if you don't know it off the top of your head, don't I don't. Um, but I do agree with you. It feels very, very quick. There are 32 minutes. Thank you, IMDb. And that's pretty short. But I think what she does is she gets to the point um, in every single episode. She had a run, little run, shout out. Like I said, she, she came for Woody uh, in the finale. There's some Wonder Woman imagery in it. And I guess it's talking about just kind of where we are. And it hitting right on right the nail on the head. They had already shot, by the way, this whole series. So no one knew that Weinstein and Spacey and Franken and your, your Uncle Charlie Rose <laughs> was going to get in trouble. Matt Lauer. Nobody saw this shit coming down the pike. So... It's kind of landing right on point. But I don't think the show is trying to like be topical so much as it's just we're finally talking about this shit out loud, right? And hopefully we can keep going in that vein without it being, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't turn out to be forced because it, it happened to be topical. Yeah. So season two is like, oh, we got to try hard and make sure we're, you know. Cause I, then, hope, I don't, I, you know. I have a lot of faith in Frankie. I really think that she's just going to do it her way. I mean, they've given her a lot of power out of the gate, and I have to say hats off to fucking Showtime for doing that. But, you know, these networks who are giving creators uh, the bandwidth and the space to do what they want, thats it's the smartest thing you can do. Uh, USA Network gives Sam Ismail that kind of, uh, that kind of you know, birth that's happened with uh, Benoff and Wise, with Game of Thrones... Somebody needs to rein in some people on a show over at AMC, though. Just saying. Although they're like, no, our ratings are fine. Go ahead on. Go ahead on. Go ahead and do the whisperer. See what happens to you. See what happens to you. Okay. Mm. So I loved it. I mean, um, what was your favorite? Did you have a favorite episode uh, from Smelf this season? Um, I really liked the... the um the finale. I thought that was really great when they they brought all of them back together in that bar. Oh, it was great. You know, where they're just – it's just like they're, they finally they, – because nobody hates each other. Nobody hates each other. But they get mad at each other, but they don't hate each other. And this is you – know, and Tutu feels so very real. I cannot say enough about how Rosie just – this is a fully – this is a fully formed human being. Um, again, loosely based on Frankie's – I mean, uh, yeah, Frankie's mom. Um but there's just there's something obviously that Rosie's putting into it that's heart and soul that I love. She's breaking my heart, you know. She yeah. loves her daughter, and she does say to her, you know, that kind of kind of hurts me. Like that thing you said about you know, yeah, getting my... stuck with the parent. But she kept the letter, yeah, thinking one day she's going to need to. So Tutu may seem like she's checked out, but she's still there for her daughter. Yeah, it's like the scene right before that. She came over and, you know, uh, um. Bridget's going to ask her to go to the bar with her, and she, they get in a big argument, and she, like, throws something at her and kicks her out of the house. Yeah. But then she's there at the as bar. As real people do. Yeah. In real – and, you know, and then as real as real redneck in Boston people do, all of us, you know, roughnecks, you know, then you get drunk in a bar together with your parents or some shit, yeah. and, you know, it's all – then, okay. Um, that's I, how it goes. I also like the uh, – um, you know, the basketball episode, I like the way that ended. Yeah. You know, she's just dribbling down the street. 
Yes. After she yeah. knocked the dude yeah, out. Just, yeah. That scene probably... No, that, oh, no that, that's the episode. The basketball was later on, but yeah. after she knocked the dude out... And she took his money and she bought the... Yeah. And then she just... She's got drew, the iPad or whatever the thing it is for Larry and got the, the basketball. And she's, yeah. yeah. And it was such a weird scene. It was like... She's so... That conversation... I didn't know where that conversation was going to go with the guy. Uh, that, you know, she goes on a date for cash. Yeah. And... We don't really know. We haven't gotten into her sexual abuse by her father. We we know that she says it at an audition. She blurts it at an audition in the pilot. Um, but we don't. She hasn't really gone there. But really, the whole thing is about her sexual abuse at a young age. So when she hits this guy, I'm like, oh shit, something's going on there. Um. And it's hard to say I loved it, but it was like, oh, okay, we're talking about real shit. And then this other part of her that just wants to be free, that just wants to have these things, that's just, I don't know. That episode made me cry. Yeah, that was, and that's the thing. It's like she can, you know, she can, um, you know, she could connect. She's connecting with all sorts of people watching the show. I think so, too. I think so too. I um, I just like Frankie Shaw. Yeah, I just like her so much. She's got a cool style. I want to see. Yeah, she's got a cool style. She's just got a cool way. Um, I like people who come from realness. Uh, they tend to stay real, you know. So I'm just looking forward to season two and anything else she wants to do. Let her direct all the things. Do you know if they um, when they're going to start shooting? I have no idea. Um, probably right, because like, this just uh, the the finale of what aired last night, which was um, New Year's Eve. I would imagine. I don't know. Start shooting in the spring. Shows kind of tend to do whatever they want to now. Like, we don't know when Robot's coming back. We don't know. Now they're saying Game of Thrones 2019. I guess, you know, whatever it takes to get it done is Westworld. Are we getting Westworld in 2018 or 2019? I'm I, thinking that's 2019, too. I don't know either. I don't know. But, like, you're making good shit. It takes time to make good shit. So it's like Dan Harmon says, you know, we're not going to come back with a Rick and Morty until we have something to say. It could be another year and a half. I don't know. And then it's a nice surprise when you're like, oh, there's that show again. Right? I love the casting. I love the setting. I love the way it's shot, too. I love the way it's shot. Yeah. I like the lighting, production design. It was just one of those shows that I had had no fucking clue. I knew I was going to watch it because it was Frankie Shaw. And the title was like, oh, okay. You know, but as titles go, it's kind of hard. Titles are hard. Um, I wasn't put off by it or anything. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel very hip. Does that make any sense? I got over yeah, it. Yeah, I, I guess so. But it does. I mean, it it is kind of hip though when you just sort of think about it. I think she was going to call it Dirty Bird, um, but Showtime shot that down. I I I think because I know that she wanted to call it Dirty Bird over Smelf, I'm more well, prejudiced dirt, toward Dirty Bird. Dirty Bird to me, it's a little esoteric. 
to me. It's like well, her last name's Bird. I know, but it's like but you know, esoteric. Know. Somebody whipped out a fourteen dollar college I word. Like, I like Smilf because it's sort of like it's like common language. I guess, yeah. You know. I mean, I don't. I don't care I, at this point. Now that I just, I know what it is. I'll, I'd watch it if it was called, you know, Dead Fish Butt. I mean, I don't care. Um, somebody go write that. Go write Dead Fish Butt. Put that on Showtime. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you can have the title completely for free. Um, I like the the music too. I like the the use of music. I like the the misleading, quirky theme song feels like we're about to settle in and and watch a quirky little comedy about a single mom in the city yeah and it's like oh hell no they're pulling a train on her and the pilot you know (laughs) she leaves her vibrator in and goes to sleep and it's like wow okay okay so i don't know i'm i just can't wait to see um what she does next any other comments? I mean, this is not going to be a super long one. Just wanted to say, and hey, shout out to you guys uh, on Smilf. Thank you for resp- responding to our tweets and talking to us. And um, they're so excited. We're so excited for you. We're rooting for your Golden Globes. Hopefully, Frank will get some Emmy nominations. Even though we, I mean, I don't really give a shit about the Emmys and stuff. But if I was in, if I was working in the industry, I know how important it is. It puts you on the board. Um, it's just good politically. It's good for your budget. It's good for a lot of things. So I understand why it's important to the people in the industry. But for those of us out here, I mean, there are so many good shows that just get overlooked and they keep nominating the same dudes over and over again, which is fine. All that's all those people are fine actors and performers and filmmakers and television makers. But you know, I mean, it's a little boring if you're sitting over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I really, I love all y'all. But can we just, just give Matthew Reese a, an Emmy? Just give, give all them, give Bob three or four, you know, Sterling K. Brown, just Mel Christian or a few, just every, anybody was on a good show, just send them an Emmy. How hard is that? You know, 28 people get Emmys for the 28 top performances of the, I don't know. The top 10 is always bullshit to me. But I'm not a sports fan. I'm not really into the whole ranking it up to the top kind of thing. So sometimes I want a cheese sandwich and sometimes I want filet mignon and one need not be better than the other. Right? Okay. So that's this is the first podcast of 2018. Happy 2018. Yeah. Watch Smilf. Watch Catch up. Smilf. Watch it and uh, follow Frankie and the gang on Twitter. Yeah, you can, oh, they're all on Twitter. They're and all they, on Twitter. And they Rosie tweet lives a on Twitter. Lot. Rosie, no, Rosie. Owns, Rosie is. She's always on she's Twitter. She's political. Very political. And like it. Oh, a little quick story before we get out of here. They were shooting, I think, the pilot. And, you know, Rosie is a controversial figure, and she's also been uh, bullied and maligned by this current um, dumpster fire. Shit and, given? Uh, Oh yeah, just he's just yeah, shit given has been after her for years for whatever reason, you know. He's obsessed with her. And um they were shooting the pilot and I guess they're out on the streets of Boston or wherever they shoot the show. And some dude just came up and this is literally I think right after Trump got elected. So everybody's they're shooting the pilot with this shell shocked. Cuz you know, man. you were shell shocked, I was shell shocked. We were just like, well, this is our, you know, this is worst day ever, right? Um like in the top five of 9-11, Pearl, you know, all those kind of stuff. Um, so 
this guy just comes up and just takes a big fucking crunch out of Rosie, you know, because a lot of people feel empowered uh, when you put a white supremacist piece of shit in the White House, you know, that to go up to her while she's doing her while work. she's working. And, and, you know, rattled her. And I think, you know, you can't really focus after that. Where's fucking security? Yeah, I know, right? Well, when you're on the street, though, when you're letting traffic through and stuff like that, it's really hard to – it can be hard to, to, you know – I guess so. Traffic control that. So anyway, she she gets rattled and she wants to come back and um, she goes back to Frankie who said, no, you were great. You were great. And she goes, no, no, no I, def- I feel like I didn't, you know, give you the performance that you needed and, and she uh, – they reshot it. So – how generous of you know Frankie to do that, and then Rosie really wanted to do such a good job. You know, she just gave herself over to Frankie. But come on, man, don't be walking up to people, even if you've got the opposite political views. And I know someone like Rosie might be polarizing, but fuck off, dude. Yeah, you know, seriously, people just people have lost their damn minds. Or you know what? People have always been this way. Now they're just now we're just getting to see it. You know. It's like Chappelle was saying about, I'm glad that lady told a lie about Robert, you know, Emmett Till. So we finally know. We can finally see the truth. So, but I'm not going to get too much more political. political. I'm going to get on up out of here. I'm still digesting my Chinese food. I ate so much Chinese food at lunch, I can barely move. New Year's uh, noodles. New Year's noodles. We went to our favorite Hopley over on Pico. Please sponsor us, Hopley. <laughs> they will never do that. But I wouldn't be great. I would just work for noodles. Just plug them for noodles. All the noodles we can eat. But I do feel like the possum that broke into the Dunkin' Donuts, you know, a little bit. I'm just sort of laying there in the box, half dead, and uh, wishing for, you know, it to be over soon. Uh, you guys have a lovely, lovely beginning of your 2018. Um, buckle do we know up. What's, do we know what's next as far as... What we're going to talk about? Yeah. I think we're we're kind of parsing through. You've got to catch up. I've I have. You know, I need to finish the crown. I need to finish keepers. Yeah, well, keepers is is older. Yeah, well, you know. well I can still do one if you want to talk about the keepers. Let me talk well, about the crown if you want to. I don't mind doing a crown podcast. I will. I'm not afraid of it. You know, uh, we can do we can do whatever whatever we both are like on fire about. That's kind of our agreement. We don't want to do something that we just don't. Yeah. We don't want to do podcasts about shows that we. Uh, don't, don't like. feel, yeah. even though I did do a little girls bashing. Hey, Lena, Lena's got money. Lena's fine. She's got Emmys. She's, She's going to live through fine. it. She'll be fine. Everybody's good. All Everybody on that AMC show, they, they'll be fine. They got money. No, but Scott Gimple don't give a fuck what I think about yeah. him. Um, although I love all those guys over there. I really do. Just <laughs> really. Um, but yeah, whatever will come uh, along to us, we will talk about. So I'm going to go lay down in the corner. And uh, y'all have a good rest of the day. Peace. Happy New Year.